Let yourself become lost in a beautiful love story set in an enchanting place. Sit back, relax, and grab your passport. Your adventure begins now. Take a trip with me. I got some things you want to see, girl. Welcome back to Love and Passports Travelers. It's your host Dana Givens with another edition of our literary travel series. So this week we're heading to Scotland to talk all about gin distilleries, bookstores, famous authors, and we can't forget about some whiskey. Um, So essentially that's why I named this episode Gin and Books because we're going to be talking a lot about drinking, going to some great gin tastings and distilleries, also some whiskey, and we also are talking about a lot of literary culture in the city of Edinburgh and across Scotland. So our short story this week is also titled Kings and Queens and is based in, of course, Edinburgh. The city has a long literary history with different famous authors having connections to the city and just this country overall. It has a lot of great bookstores for antique books and also just great places to just sit and read and just relax and take in your surroundings. A lot of people that are looking for more of like those indie bookstores where you can just kind of sit and relax and go through the books and just take it in slow. This is the place you're looking for. It's not a lot of commercial bookstores or anything like that. A lot of them are intimate and a lot of them are just nice and quiet. And I wrote an article a while back about how to have a long literary weekend in Edinburgh for Lit Hub. And it talks about a lot of different points of interest and their literary ties. And in addition to Edinburgh, I'm also gonna be talking about some other great towns to visit so you can get the most out of your trip and get outside the capital city. But overall, Scotland is a really cool country to visit and the right itinerary can help you get the most out of your stay. And that is my goal with this episode, honestly, to really convince you to go. Once you've confirmed that you want to go, this is going to help you plan an amazing trip. So sit back and relax. Here's the short story of the week and we'll be right back with more. What a beautiful day it was in Edinburgh. It was one of those cities I always wanted to see with my own eyes. Thinking back to all the stories I heard from childhood, the land where kings and queens ruled, told by old stories and legends. The skies were now a beautiful mix of cotton candy, shades of pink, orange, and purple undertones in the sparse clouds. I looked outside the window to see Edinburgh Castle looming in the distance on its short hill towering over the other buildings around it. I had spent the whole day walking around the city, taking in everything it had to offer. I was here looking for a story, hoping to find inspiration in the city, known for its literary wonder. I had spent the day learning about the many different writers that lived here and stopped by a few gin tastings along the way. It was rare that I got to enjoy any time to myself when I traveled for work. I made it a point to find some time for myself while I was here and to help me finish my book. I had been suffering from a terrible case of writer's block, dealing with all kinds of stress at home. 
This trip was my chance to find inspiration to write. Dozens of writers have written fictional masterpieces here. Maybe I can be one more. I was here on work, but this was the one night I had to myself. Lucky for me, I had a friend who was based here and decided to give her a call to hang out before I moved on to the next portion of my trip. I was supposed to be leaving for London tomorrow afternoon and I wanted to spend one night out with friends. I left my room making my way downstairs to the main seating area. The mix of modern and traditional aristocratic decor was refined. It was one of the best hotels around Charlotte Square. The hotel had its own history of writers coming here to write their own work. I walked through the lobby and outside to the cab waiting for me. I took a trip to an Indian restaurant not far from where I was staying. I enjoyed a lot of the restaurants during my stay in the country, but I had a special place in my heart for the abundance of Indian restaurants. This was one that was a bit more upscale than the others I had passed by. The interior looked like a journey palace of sorts with traditional Indian decor and accents. When I arrived, I walked up to the hostess who graciously guided me upstairs. It was a modest sized room with giant floor to ceiling windows that looked down to the street below with a view of the park nearby. My girlfriends were waiting for me at their table and they were, we were all delighted to be reunited once again. They told me all about their stories as single women in Edinburgh and the surrounding areas. We laughed over wine and the spicy curry dishes reminiscing about our younger days. It made me realize how much I had missed being around them and the loneliness that came with adulthood. To think most of our lives, we desperately want to be seen as an independent adult, to be someone that can take care of themselves with help from no one. And once we get it, we take for granted the value of friends and having a close bonds with others. So instead of ending the night after dinner, we decided to move the party to another venue and go to a few more bars, tasting a different gin-infused cocktail at every stop. The city had no shortage of great places to grab a drink, whether it's beer at a casual pub or an original concoction created by a skilled mixologist at a higher-end establishment. By the end of the night, I left the girls to take a cab back to the hotel. I felt good, but still sober enough to walk past the coach check-in without feeling completely embarrassed. I didn't want to go upstairs to my room just yet. I decided to walk over to the editor's bar just outside the main room to grab a final drink to wind down. I asked a bar sender to whip me up something fancy, a nice nightcap to end my evening out on the town. There weren't many people there. I looked down at the bar to see only one other person sitting several seats down. He looked like he was lost in his own world, probably consumed with the weight of life like we all were internally. I watched his eyes rise up slowly to meet mine. We lingered for a moment, caught in the other's crossfire. He waved over he waved over to the bartender to give in another order. I noticed that the worker was making two glasses rather than one. When he was done he brought the cocktail over to me and then brought the second one over back to the handsome young stranger. He gave me a weak smile and raised his glass. The drink was on his tab. I didn't see why I should refuse. Our conversation slowly started over how we both ended up at this bar and in Edinburgh. He told me he was also a writer and he was here working on a story. As time continued, the gap between us got smaller and there were a couple more drinks added onto his tab. The flow of our interaction felt so natural. We talked about so many different things. We continued laughing until I finally looked down at the time 
realizing how late it had gotten. It was time for the night to come to an end. He grabbed a piece of paper from his pocket and wrote his name and contact down. I thought about how cliche it looked, but he looked so sincere in his eyes. He wanted us to meet again, and so did I. We got up and left the bar and slowly made our way back to the lobby. It was time for us to part. I didn't know if I would ever see him again, but for some reason I chose to believe in the future where he did. I surprised him by stealing a quick kiss before disappearing into the hotel. I didn't look back, knowing it would be too hard to give him a proper goodbye. I held my breath until I got inside my room and put my back against the door. I couldn't help but smile. I think I had found the inspiration I was looking for. Hey travelers, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the story this week. So let's get into traveling to Scotland. I traveled there last February and despite the cold, we were able to get around fine. It's crazy. I usually don't like traveling from cold to cold because I'm just not a big fan of winter period. So I was never really the person that big into winter sports or things like that. Um, the only time I honestly like traveling from cold to cold is for Christmas because I just like the feeling of Christmas. But other than that, um, I'm usually someone that always tries to travel somewhere that where it's hot. <laughs> but other than that, like it was a really great time to go and I didn't really enjoy my time there. So for airlines, Delta and United both offer direct flights from New York, Boston and DC. But um, my personal choice, if you have to choose an airline, is Aer Lingus. Honestly, they were a really good option. You have to lay over in Dublin, but it, overall, it was a really comfortable experience and would be my personal air travel recommendation. So I stayed at two different hotels. The first one was the Malmason Hotel, just outside the city center, right by the water. The decor was very contemporary. The rooms were really comfortable with great views. It's a nice place to stay if you want to explore the outskirts of the city and you're not completely confined to you know, the tourist area. Think about it as if you're staying in New York, it's in a great area, it's still easy to get around. You're really not that far from the center, but you're far enough to kind of make you explore just the outside. So a bigger tourist attraction actually right by there, which I got to do on the early part of my trip, was visit the Royal Yacht Britannia. The ship was used by the British royal family as a floating residence during long tours and was used for over about um for about 40 45 years for those of you that are fans especially of the netflix show the crown which i am i'm a huge fan this is definitely something worth visiting and you've probably have either seen replica a replica of them on the ship or references to the ship because um the crown starts in about the 40s goes into the 50s which is during the time when the ship was used. So when you board the ship, you'll see a lot of um, memorabilia and pictures and a lot of history to about Queen Elizabeth and the royal family during that time. So I definitely recommend it if you're a big fan of the royals, but particularly if you're a big fan of the show. 
There's also a restaurant on board where you can enjoy um, afternoon tea and lunch, which I highly recommend. If you go over to the website, Edinburgh also has, it's honestly a fair share of great restaurants. I was not expecting like just so many great restaurants. I mean, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to tackle a new city's food scene because you never know what to expect. And I feel like coming from New York, my expectations are usually always so high because I come from such a great foodie city. So I really liked that about Edinburgh, that there was just a lot of restaurants and just different things to take in. Indian food is actually one of the most popular international cuisines there. There's literally an Indian restaurant almost on just every corner, which is great for me because I love Indian food. It's actually one of my favorites. Um, one place that if you're going to plan a trip, you must go to this place called Dishoom. It is um, like, it was one of the best restaurants I went to during my trip. And their food is amazing. The ambiance is amazing. It's in a perfect um, location right in the middle of the city square. It's easy to get to other shops from there. So whether it's in the middle of the day and you want to get lunch and take a break from shopping, or if you want to um, get ready for dinner, kind of have a nice meal before drinks, I would definitely recommend Dishoom Restaurant. So Edinburgh is also another great city to shop. There are so many affordable choices for um, street fashion that go beyond H&M. A lot of times, because H&M we have here, but they have a lot of brands that are similar, sometimes even better in my opinion, that are not um, either popular in the States yet, or they don't have physical storefronts. So one of my favorites is actually River Island. Now, River Island, you can order online, but there's not really any, there's not any stores in America. And I was able to find a huge store there. So I took my, and you know, my credit card was mad afterwards, but the point was I got some great clothes. <laughs> so that's leading up to the second hotel that we stayed at. And this is actually where our story is set. I stayed at the principal hotel in Charlotte Square with a room that had a beautiful view of Edinburgh Castle. And you can easily like walk around the hotel and explore. And it's so easy to get anywhere from the hotel. The hotel actually also has a long literary history itself with um, famous writers like Sir Walter Scott and many others actually staying there, living there and um, working on some of their most famous literary works there as well. Um, there's a place in the short story that I wrote about and it's actually called the editor's bar. And so you'll see that's where the two characters actually meet. It's in the editor's bar where they actually get to talk about their careers as writers. And that's why it was my inspiration for this week because when I'd stayed there, I actually did become inspired to write a lot, honestly. And it's, it's definitely... It's definitely honestly where I would like to stay even for my next trip. Honestly, it was such a great place. I wish they had like a writing residency where you can just stay there like for a month and just, you know, be able to work and just just become inspired and write these great stories. So if you're out there, Principal Hotel, consider making a writer residency. I guarantee you it will be really popular. <laughs> okay, so aside from the castles and the literature... It's time to get into the fun part of this episode. Scottish people do not disappoint when it comes to alcohol. Like, one, they can hold their alcohol very, very well. Way better than me. <laughs> and two, they just know how to make 
good alcohol, whether it's whiskey or gin, it, it you're never going to get anything subpar. I would say that much. Um, I know a lot of people, when you think of Scotland, they automatically think of whiskey because that is usually the drink of choice. And even me, I love a good Scottish whiskey. I love whiskey, period. <laughs> so I'm a little biased. But Scottish whiskey to me is just premium. But I learned that when I went there that gin actually is becoming more of the staple drink. And a lot of um, the distilleries, while they did still craft local whiskey, they actually did craft local gin as well. And gin, while gin is still very popular, uh, why whiskey, excuse me, is still very popular, gin is definitely the new star on the scene. So this has created a lot of local distilleries to kind of put their focus more into gin, especially because a lot of the surrounding places around them, including London and other parts of the UK, get a lot of their gin from Scotland. So um, one of the distilleries I visited in was called the Eden Mill Distillery in St. Andrews. And this was a great place to stop. We're going to be talking about St. Andrews a little later on in the episode. And I'll tell you why that's so special. But this place got to let me um, let me make my own gin, which I still have in my room. I have not opened it because I was just so proud that I made my own. But when I did taste it, it came out hella strong and just hella smooth, just like me. <laughs> so we got to go to another distillery in Aberdeen and they showed you how they've been moving their focus from whiskey to gin. And it was really cool to just see the process behind that, honestly. So those are things I would definitely recommend people taking when they go a tour people take when they go to Scotland is do a distillery tour whether you prefer whiskey whether you prefer gin is definitely worth it in Edinburgh they actually have the what's called the whiskey experience and that is I would definitely recommend too if maybe you're a little short on time and maybe you can't you know drive out really far to go to one of those distilleries I definitely recommend that one so another city we got to go to, in, a, in addition to visiting Edinburgh, I got to travel to, like I mentioned before, Aberdeen, St. Andrews, and Dundee. These are some lesser known towns. My, my one regret, though, I have to say, was that I didn't get to go to Glasgow. And I know the main claim to fame is the Glasgow Music Festival, something that's on my bucket list I've been wanting to go to for years. But that has been the one place I've had friends tell me so much about. So unfortunately, I had to do an honorary mention to Glasgow. Don't worry, because my next trip, I definitely, definitely plan on going. So Dundee. Dundee is very much a young people's city. It's very much like, um, it kind of reminds you of like a college town. And it's because you see mostly regular um, younger residents. This is kind of the town where, you know, for a lot of younger people that can't afford maybe to live in Edinburgh, they live in Dundee because it's not that far. And it's also a really good, like, art town. There's a lot of um, art galleries by local students and art exhibitions. So if you are a fan of art, this is this is like a must for you because you you really enjoy it. There's a lot to see and take in. It's also great if you're someone that really likes unique handcraft stores. There's a lot of those to just kind of browse and just drop in. Lots of cafes, of course, to sit and write and work on your stuff. 
So one thing that happened this past September is the VA, the Victorian Albert, um, this past September, the V&A um, Museum just opened in Dundee. So for those of you that don't know, the only other location of, of the museum is the famous one you may have heard of in London. So for those of you that have never heard of the V&A Museum, it's a very, very famous art and design museum that's based in London that attracts millions of visitors worldwide. And they just actually secured their second location in Dundee. So during my trip, I actually got to see um, previews of what it would look like once it opened. They were still in construction and the they were still in the process of finishing um, the building. So now it just opened this past September and it's definitely worth a visit. So I also got to travel to St. Andrews too. So this is what I was mentioning before, and I think you guys will really be interested in this. This is where Prince William met Kate Middleton. Yeah. So this was the city where that whole romance started. And I know everyone is really into Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel now. But this, you know, when I went, there was no Meghan Merkel. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have been looking to where they have met. But this was right before that. And this was the town that they met and they went to actually school together in and there was even a small store with a banner with the claim to say you know this is where they spent supposedly that's where they had their first date i'm i'm just the messenger that's what the cafe said but there's literally this banner in the front that would say you know come sit here and this is where william and kate you know first met it's very, very cute. It's a very, very small town, another very university kind of driven town that's kind of centered around like the college students. And uh, oh, in addition to Indian food, Scotland has its fair share of amazing seafood restaurants because they're able to get fresh seafood all year round. So especially by like St. Andrews and Air, um, Aberdeen where you're closer by the water, there are a lot of seafood restaurants that you, you really should just take a minute slow down sit in one of them and take it in there were two places in particular that were outstanding when it came to the food honestly the first one was called Tobuf with and it had these picturesque views of the harbor we were by which um, is called Stonehaven and we have views of the water right out front it's actually regarded as one of the best seafood restaurants in the country and another one which was actually in St. Andrews, closer to the bay, was a little more secluded and quiet. It was the Seafood Restaurante. And it was the first place I got to try langoustines, which changed my life forever. Okay, they're not easy to get a hold of in the States. I think the only place, um, if I'm not mistaken, you can get them is Italy. And even then, it can be very, very expensive. And for those of you that don't know, langoustines are this mix between like a lobster and a shrimp. And essentially think about those two things, having a baby, it tastes divine. <laughs> it tastes really, really good. But okay, those are the things that you definitely need to know. So definitely go to Scotland, go get some good seafood. While you're at it, go get some good Indian food. But you must try langoustines. Let's just do that for me and then come back and tell me how they are. All right, that's all for this episode. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Love and Passports. And we're also on Twitter at Love and Passport. Remember, Twitter restrictions 
won't let us have that last S. So make sure you drop that one letter to find us on Twitter. Happy travels, everyone.